1 verse 15. He lists off four things about Jesus. He lists four things about Jesus that are mind-expanding, mind-blowing, mind-altering kind of things. What are they? I think we taught these last week, so y'all are supposed to know these. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. You want to know how God acts, look at Jesus. You want to know how God thinks, look at Jesus. The image of the invisible God is Jesus. Keep going. What's the next one? He's the firstborn over all creation. Now what that means is he's the power. He's the reason that there is a creation. He is the creator. He created all things for him, by him, to him. Any, any, uh, any preposition you want. Jesus is the creator. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the creator of all things. He is the... Next one. He's the head of the church. See it? He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body, which is the church. Now, some of us grew up where somebody said, well, that's the head of the church, and there was a particular person you could look to. If you were a part of a church that said some man was the head of the church, then you know it wasn't the church that Jesus talks about because who's the head of the church? Whatever church that is supposed to be the church, Jesus is the head of that church. And he's the one that decides the what's and the when's and the how's and the who's and the where's, right? Now the last one. Last one. There's one more. There's one more. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the head over the church, and he's the one... He is the one that makes it possible for us to be raised from the dead. He's the firstborn from among the dead. Wasn't the first one resurrected, which mean, it means he's the source of all resurrection. I don't... I, there's a lot of people in this room that are scared of dying. I've known, I know some other folks that are not scared of dying. They just don't want to hurt when it happens. <laughs> They're scared of the unknown. You don't have to be afraid of what happens after you die. You don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen in that. You're going to be raised from the dead. You're not going to stay. You're not going to stay in a grave. You're not going to stay in some kind of box. You're going to be raised. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the resurrector. He's the one that's going to resurrect you. He's the head of the church. He's going to take care of the church. He created the world. He's going to take care of the world. And he's the image of the invisible God. All of that. Now, tell me what that says to you. Your words. Your words. What does that tell you about Jesus? What does that tell you about Jesus? Don't go any further. Just tell me what does that tell you about Jesus? He is everything. Give me another way to say it. What does that tell you about Jesus? He's all that. Now I don't think it was in this group, but last week somebody did that in the second meeting and they, they did that head thing that you women can do. Can you do the head thing at all that? Oh, there you go, right there. I can't. Do, I don't know for sure a man can do that. I think he'd hurt himself. But somebody in that second meeting went all that and did the snapping fingers and all that. I can't. Jesus is all that. Now, this sounds too simple. This sounds almost too easy. It comes off 
so smooth from my tongue, it, it just doesn't mean a lot. But hear what I'm saying. The answer to every question is Jesus. And the solution to every problem is Jesus. You got an issue? You got something going on in your life? You don't know how to fix it? What you do is you start back with Jesus. You just start with Jesus. And I promise, it's, who cares what I promise? It's the Lord's, I think, the Lord's promise to us that if we'll stick with Jesus, He's going to work it all out. It's going to be all right. Now, it may not be like I want it. You want that son to come home to the Lord? Yeah. But he may, may not. It may be he may, he may refuse that. You want that doctor to be able to cure that disease? Oh, you betcha. But he may not be able to do that. But whether the disease is cured or the son comes home or the boss gives me the raise, whatever the issue is, somewhere, if I'll hang on to Jesus, I'll find the answer to the question and I'll find the solution to the problems. It is not, this is not the time to give up. We're going to see that in a minute. Now, what did he do for us? What did he do for us? What did this one who was the image of the invisible God, the creator of all things, head of the church, and the one who raises us from the dead, what did he do for us? What's the word? Oh, there he is. He qualified us. Now, stay in that line. Somebody started first. Qualified us. What else? Stay on that verse. Qualified us. Rescued us. Keep going. It's going to be a long day. Uh, Catherine can't answer any more questions. She's answered three. All right. Brought us into his kingdom. Jesus did that for us. Now, I know he did that. And I know why he did that, because he wanted to reconcile us, right? There's the word. You heard it a minute ago. Somebody hollered it out. He reconciled us. He wanted to reconcile us to God. He wanted to make us better. So you and I had started off just with God. We'd started out with God, and then we got in a bind. We got in trouble. We made a mess of things. What is it that got us in a mess? Look in the verse. I... I know you know the Bible. I know you're going to know different things from the Bible. I want you to find it in this word, this letter. What, what caused us to have trouble with God? I'm sorry? Our evil thoughts and actions, we became enemies of God. We became alienated. To be alienated from God means we don't have any access to His privileges, any access to His promises. So we're aliens from God, don't have a citizenship with God, and then we become His enemies. Anybody want to tell me an enemy of God? Name any Bible enemy of God. Name an enemy of God. And you can't say the devil, but just give me an enemy. In the Bible. I'm sorry? Where did he end up? Hung himself. And it is, nobody took care of him. His head fell off and he, his body hit the ground. His burst. It made a mess. Give an enemy of God. Oh, this is a lot easier than this. Come on, guys. What, y'all eat too much? That's what y'all did. Oh, yeah. 
all those Canaanites and Zebusites and Parasites and all those otherites, man, when the God walked, His people came in, they destroyed them. Give me another enemy of God. How about Sodom and Gorney? Burned with fire and brimstone. And how about Saul? Which one? King, King Saul? No, he's a bad Saul, but... But an enemy of God would have been. <laughs> I'm talking about Saul who became Paul. All right, Saul who became Paul. Saul was an enemy of God, and then Jesus showed up and said, let's have a heart-to-heart -heart talk about it. That was really a come-to-Jesus meeting. Anyway, if you're an enemy of God, you're in trouble. Ask Pharaoh. If you're an enemy of God, you're in trouble. Ask Goliath. If you're an enemy of God, ask those people who tried to fight against it. Ask them. Anybody who's an enemy of God's in trouble. I was in trouble. I said, I. I'm not putting it on you. But I was in trouble because I'd become an enemy of God. What did he do for me? What did he do for me? He reconciled me. He qualified me, rescued me, brought me back into the kingdom. How did he do that? And, and there's two verses. And if you don't look at these, you can't ever eat. What y'all have? Strawberry shortcake? No more strawberry and shortcake. I'm going to ban it, you know. Jesus' physical body where? On the cross. And His blood did what? His blood made peace. Alright, you see what happened? You and I were alienated from God, but Jesus died for us. His body and His blood allowed God to make peace with me. So I could have peace with God. God did that. God did that for me. And then not only did he qualify me, rescue me, and bring me into his kingdom, he made me holy in his sight and without blemish. In other words, no blemish at all and free from accusation. All of those things Jesus did for me. All right? All of those things Jesus did for me. Now, does that mean other people aren't going to accuse me? One more time. Is that, does that mean other people aren't going to accuse me? No, people are going to accuse you all the time, but not God. Does that mean that nobody else is going to see your blemishes? No, people are going to see your blemishes. They're going to pick out things that are wrong with you all the time, but not God. Does that mean everybody's going to see you as holy? No, nobody's going to see you as holy. In fact, you're not even going to see yourself as holy. But in His sight, you are holy. He did all of that. He did all of that. We've studied that. Can we hang on to that? He did that for us. That's who I am. That's who, not what I was, but it's who I am. Now what do I do? Look in chapter 1, verse 24. Chapter 1, verse 24. I want you to read 24, 25. Well, I'll read it into the record. I rejoice in what is suffered for you, and I fill up on my flesh that which is lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. All right, so draw the conclusion. From those words, from just those words, draw the conclusion. What does he want from me? He did all of this for me. Why? 
What did he want from me? He wants me to stick with him. Now that's really what you're going to read in 22 and 23. I want us to keep going. 24 and 25 and 26, what does he want from me? But Donna's right. He wants me to stand firm in my faith and hold on to that hope. But what does he want from me? He wants me to be? Oh. Yes, yes, yes. He, but the word he uses here is a servant. Now, Paul says it. I'm its servant. What, who's the, what's the it? The church's servant. He wants me to become a servant. Okay? Now, in every church, every church you've ever been in, well, in most churches you've been in, I won't say every church, there'll be somebody there that you call your minister. What does the word minister mean? Servant. Somebody is your... Use the words that you've heard. Somebody is your pastor. Somebody is your preacher. Reverend. Your father. Every church you go to has some kind of label for that person that we all see as that servant, that minister, that pastor, right? Not in this one. Not in the church that is Jesus' church. And it shouldn't, and it's not that way, it's not going to be that way in this one either. Because if there's going to be a servant in this church, who's it going to be? Say it again. Say it like we know it. If there's going to be a servant in this church, it's... One more time. If there's a servant in this church, it's... If there's a teacher in this church, it's... If there's a pastor in this church, it's... <laughs> slap him. It's... Now, I would say me, but then that's what you... You look at the guy standing up, and that's what you think. We've gone to church too long. Our brain's not thinking right. Who is the servant of this church? That's right. I am. You are. That we don't just have one person that's the servant of this church. We all are. That's what Paul meant here. That he was, he, and he accepted it. He accepted the commission to be a servant of the church, right? To do two things. I want you to tell me what those two things are. All right, now the first one we already read, so I'm going to. Right, I'm going to write what Donna said. We're going to proclaim his message. We're going to present the word of God in its fullness. But give me the other one. I heard somebody say it. I'm going to suffer. Why? Read the phrase and tell me why I'm suffering. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to suffer and do my part in filling up the, flat, the sufferings of Jesus. Now hang on. Did Jesus suffer? Did he suffer enough to save us? One more time. Did he suffer enough to save us? So he doesn't have to suffer anymore to save us, right? But is there some suffering that's lacking? Now you nodded your head yes, but you're not ready to answer me, so I'm going to give you one more chance. What does it mean that there's suffering that's lacking in the body of Christ? What do you think he's talking about? Lacking. Go ahead. There's work to be done. 
suffer for one another. Anybody else? Uh, all those are good answers. All of those are good answers. Tell me a time when Jesus suffered before he ever got to this cross. Before he ever got to this cross. Give me one example of his suffering. He was so tired in that boat, he was so exhausted that he went to sleep in the middle of the storm when the boat was filling up with water. That's how exhausted he was. Now, there's some days I'm tired, but I don't know that there's many days I'm that exhausted. Keep going. Give me a time when Jesus suffered that it had nothing to do with the cross. Got up early in the morning to have some time to himself because he'd been kept up late past his bedtime with all those people that were sick and demon-possessed. And he still, uh, they still found him and he still helped him. And then when he got out to by himself that morning, they still found him. Somebody else. Brad. Oh my, he had teach them something and they'd nod their heads. Oh yes, that's a good point. Yes, that's a very good point. Yes, very good point. And then what would happen? When they needed to use what he had taught them? It'd act like they, duh. They went back to their old way of thinking, right? That never happens to us, is it? That never happens to us. The moment we learn from something from Jesus, we're able to apply it across the board, right? Lying bunch of heathens, yeah. No, we struggle with that same thing. So sometimes he struggled emotionally because people just didn't understand. Sometimes he struggled, suffered physically because he was just so tired. Give me one more example. Oh, man. His friend Lazarus died, and it says he wept. Folks, I think sometimes we get the idea that when we start a new life, when we start walking with Jesus, then everything's going to be okay. And I understand why we do. We want it to go okay, but we also hear that stuff on TV and radios. Those preachers will tell you, if you will accept Jesus into your heart and send them some money, then God will do everything you ever wanted, and He'll protect you from every bad thing there is to happen in the whole history of the world. Is that, is that how it works? No, because you're still living in the world. You're going to suffer. Things are bad. Things are going to happen. And I don't like them any more than you do. And I'm not going to try and explain them away. It's just they're going to happen like that. And sometimes they happen because it's my fault. Sometimes it's going to happen because it's somebody else's fault. And sometimes it's just going to happen because you're living in a world that has spent a, forever resisting God. You ready to be a servant? He's asking you. Paul says, I'm ready to be a servant. Are you? Are you ready to do the things that you have to do even if you're tired? Even, even if it's not what you're comfortable doing. Even if you just don't feel like it. You want to be his servant? Because there's some suffering that still needs to be done if we're going to be Jesus in the world. But then he said, also I want to proclaim, I want to present, my Bible says present, to you the Word of God in all its fullness so that people can see the mystery that was kept hidden for ages, but now it's been revealed to the saints. 
find what's been revealed. Find what was revealed. Christ in you, read the next three, three words. Hope of glory. Let's make it four. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. Folks, what does Jesus want us doing? If we're going to be his servants, what does he want us doing? He wants us to give people hope. He wants us to tell the word of God and give people hope. One more time. He wants us to talk about his word, his mystery, his plan, and give people hope. Yeah. Tell people about Jesus. Sometimes it's real easy for us to tell people what they're doing wrong. We become the correction police. Now, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Sometimes you've got to tell people you shouldn't do that. But what he wants us to do is to give people hope. He wants us to tell people the word of God so that they can have hope. So sometimes I suffer and sometimes I teach. But whether I suffer or whether I teach, it's all about Jesus. Because I want to be like Jesus and I want people to come to know Jesus. Make sense? All right, now look at what happens when you do that. Look at what happens when you do that. Or look at what should happen when you do that. Verse 28 through chapter 2, verse 5. You're going to find four, and depending on your version of the Bible and the way you want to break it down, you might find five or six. I'm going to give you four. Four things that you and I have to take as a responsibility. Four things that God wants me to take as a responsibility if I'm going to be His servant. Then one of those will be... He is the one I proclaim and I teach every man and I admonish every man that I might present every man what? Mature. The word there is perfect. That you will present every man perfect in Jesus. Now, do you see his point? It is real easy. Everybody want a new life? Come get you a new life. You can have you a brand new life. And then, good, now go home. And they get a good new life and they go home. But what happens? Same old world still there. They miss that old life. They go back to it. So what do they need to do? So, oh, no, 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 no. Hang on. What do I need to do? Teach them and admonish them. What does admonish mean? What does admonish mean? Correct and warn. Admonish. What does it mean? Keep going. You're good. Now Donna's answered three, so she can't answer anymore. Tell me what it means. Admonish. Y'all are being way. Y'all had way too much food. I can tell. I can tell. What it mean? Admonish means. Come on. Come on, you can do this. You can do this. Come on, April. Come on, you can do this. Come on. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Don't give up. Christian, it's going to be okay. Well, man, it's hard out there. I know it's hard out there. Come on. That's what admonish. I teach and admonish. Now, who is it that's supposed to be doing that? I say it again. Who's supposed to be doing that? Yes. 
Because what we've done in the past, churchgoers, tell me I'm not telling the truth. Churchgoers in the past, we pointed to the guy standing up behind the box dressed in the funny suit and said, let him take care of it, right? Somebody said to me one day, he said, well, what are we going to do for all these new Christians? Are we all these baby Christians? What are we going to do? Guess what question they got to ask? I'd like to know that. What are you going to do? Their answer was, well, I didn't bring any of them. And that's true. They didn't. So what do we do? If we didn't bring any of them, we don't, we're not going to take care of them? So what does Aaron need to be doing? What does Victoria need to be doing? What does Ernest need to be doing? Teaching and admonishing every man. Find somebody, folks, and take them, grab them, adopt them. Treat them like they're one of yours. What do you call that? Give me a word. What, what do you call that? Be a teacher, be a mentor, be a... Ah, there you go. How about just be a brother or sister? Because that's how you learn to do stuff, right? My, I told this story in the second meeting because my brother was here. It worked out a lot better with him being in here. But my brother... Six years older than me, he knew how to ride a bike long before I did. He knew how to do a bunch of things long before I did. So when I got ready to learn my bike, ride my bike, he was going to help me learn, right? Well, what did he do? He told me how. I mean, he showed me how, but then he told me. I said, all right, what you'll do is put your hand on the hands here, on the handlebars, and then you've got to keep pedaling, keep pedaling. Well, my dad was running me down the dirt road out at our house, and we didn't have concrete, folks. There was no asphalt anywhere. Concrete, not within 10 miles of that joint, all right? And when we're going down a dirt road, and I'm and my dad's running, holding on to the seat and the handlebars, and my brother is running along beside me. Keep pedaling, keep pedaling, keep pedaling. Well, my dad lets me go, and I'm shaking down the road, and my brother's hollering, keep pedaling, keep pedaling. I crash in a ditch, box on top of me, handlebars stuck in my ear, and I'm still pedaling. Yeah! Have we got some brothers and sisters that are going to make some mistakes like that? What do they need? They need somebody to say, Tiffany, keep pedaling. Keep pedaling. Victoria, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep pedaling. Keep pedaling. Come on, keep pedaling. Don't give up. Christian, don't give up. Keep pedaling. You've got to have somebody do that for you. But who's going to do that? Say it. Who's going to do that? Because what happens is, we stand back. wonder who's going to go talk to that one. Where's Catherine when we need her? Yeah. No, you, what you do is you can't let somebody else do it. You do it. You do it. Somebody walks in, you grab them. Uh, is there, if there's somebody sitting in this room who you don't know their name, get on it. Well, I've seen them, but I don't, it, okay, that's, I know a way to fix that. If, you don't, if you've seen them and you don't know their name, go find out their name. Yeah, but I'll be embarrassed. Okay, everybody that's going to be embarrassed, hold up your hand. It's okay, be embarrassed. I do it all the time. I have to people, I ask people all the time. I was about to baptize a lady last week, and just before I baptized her, I went, what's your name? I had no idea what her name was. Do you have to know her name for her to go to heaven? 
No, I'd like to know it afterwards, and I did, and I took a picture of her. And that's why I take pictures, because then I remember who somebody... Does that make sense? But what you've been doing is letting somebody else take care of it. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You take care of it. You be their brother. You be their sister and help them mature. Now, keep reading. He said, not only do I want them present them as perfect or mature in Jesus, if you keep reading, in verse 2, he said, my purpose is to make sure that they're going to be encouraged and united in love. You ready to do it? This is your job right here to encourage folks, to encourage them. Let's play this game. I got five fingers. Let's do it. Five. Name one person in this room. It has to be in this room. Name one person in this room that's encouraged you, that's admonished you, that's, that's helped you keep walking in your new life. One person. Ernest. Ernest. Catherine. Brittany. Anna. Donna. Okay, got five. Whose job is it, Christian? So now the next time I ask that question, somebody needs to be able to say, Christian. Somebody next time needs to be able to say, whoever was mentioned. I can't remember all five. That was up to y'all. <laughs> See the point? It's not my job, though it is my job. It's not just my job. It's our job. It's your job. It's Who's going to do it, y'all? Do you realize? Do you realize that I, we, we're a part of a church we're part of a family. We're part of a fellowship. We're part of a movement. I don't know what you want to call us. I heard a guy call us the other day. He said, y'all are a very inconvenient church. I agree. We ought to put inconvenient right up under the church sign, you know. This is not easy. It's not easy to be in this church. You could walk into any church in town and guess what they're going to have. Everything's going to be set for you. You don't have to set up chairs. You don't have to do tables. You don't have to clean up afterwards. That would be nice to have some help cleaning up afterwards. But it, you don't have to clean up afterwards at those places. But here, guess what you got to do? You got to do all that stuff. Well, if that's true in this kind of stuff, how about in people kind of stuff? You realize over 90, over 90 people have confessed their faith in Jesus and been born again. Have you ever been in a church that, and saw that happen? I haven't. Huh? And what you got to do, we got to do now, is we got to make sure, we got to make sure that these folks are encouraged. Who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? There you go. I didn't hear everybody say it. That kind of disturbs me, but that's okay. At least we're being honest. All right, we got to mature people. We got to encourage people. Keep reading. We're going to help them know. So that they may come to the full riches of complete understanding. Look at that. 
in order that they may know the mystery of God. Um, I'm going to put to understand here. One of my favorite things about teaching somebody, one of my favorite things about teaching somebody is to teach that uh, the blood of Jesus washes away all of our past sins. And I can remember talking to some of you in my office when you learned that and how much that meant to you to think that all your sins were going to be washed away. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But I want you to have a full understanding and a fuller understanding of that one point is the blood of Jesus that washed away all of your sins the day you were baptized is the same blood that washes away all of your sins every day. You are as clean every day. You're as clean today as you were the day that you were baptized. You may not feel it, but that's your feeling. That's not God. You are just as clean, just as washed, just as safe today as you were that day. But people need to understand that. How are they going to understand that? Who's going to teach them that? Who's going to take them off to the side and say, Listen, now I want to make sure you understand. I want to make sure you understand just how good it is in Jesus. Who's going to do that? I appreciate the honesty. But it needs to be all of us. If all of us will do that, then amazing numbers of people can be saved. Amazing numbers of people can be matured. Amazing numbers of people can be encouraged. And amazing numbers of people can be helped to understand. And the last one. Why does he want them to understand that in Jesus, in God's mystery of Jesus, that all the wisdom and treasures of God are known? Why does he want that? So that they may not deceive, be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. Part of my job, a part of your job as a servant, are those four things. We've got to protect each other. Who's going to do that? I am. And I'm going to do it whether you do it or not. And that's the truth. I mean, I love you, and I, expect, I, I know some of you are going to do it. But I'm not going to quit doing it just because you don't. I'm not going to quit doing it just because you feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to quit doing it. I'm going to do all I can for as long as I can to make sure that these people mature, stay encouraged, understand the fullness of God's Word, and then don't fall prey. Don't, not deceived by those fine-sounding arguments that they hear from the old life or somebody else or some other church, something like that. Who's going to do that? I am. But that saying it out loud is not what makes it matter, right? Saying it out loud is not what makes it matter. That's why we want to, let's say it to the Lord. When we eat this bread and we drink this cup, let's, we'll, de, we'll determine what we're going to do. And let's tell God what we're going to do. Let's let God know that we're serious about being His servant. He gave me a new life, so it is His life. Let's live it for Him.
Tell me what you're going to do and make it personal, make it specific. What are you going to do? I'm going to be a brother to the boy like I'm going to be a brother to. All right. Name somebody you're going to be a brother to. Uh, I can name everybody here. Starting <laughs> uh, with this guy by me, better me, yeah. Christian. Ryan. There you go. That's the point. That's the point. It's not, I'm going to be a servant. No, it's, I'm going to help Christian out. I'm going to hang out with Jeremy. Um, what are you going to do? You tell me. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm, uh, we were thinking like man, my hand went up at the same time. Yeah, I'm available. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you going to do? God's challenge slash blessing keeps me motivated and driven. I want to encourage this guy to come home. Bring the lad to an eight-year-old ear and let God do his work. That's right. Did you hear what Christian said? I'm going to bring Elijah and Israel over here and let God do his work. That's how it happens, y'all. That's how it happens. Anybody else? What are you going to do? How many were there last week? I had no idea, but I was going to encourage that same thing. Because now they know that somebody's going to be there. It may not be important to them today. Might not be important, might not have been important last Monday. But this Monday, after this weekend, this may be just the right time and you'll be at the right place. Good for you. Brad. What are you going to do? In fact, I told somebody about you the other day. Apparently they hadn't called you yet because I gave them your name and number because they needed somebody. Last call. What are you going to do?
What happens? What happens in a church when every person that got a new life becomes that servant? What happens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now we've got folks meeting in Post, Wilson, meeting in the parks, meeting in homes. It's happening all over the place. It's not located in just one building. Never was meant to be. Never was meant to be just taking place on one night of the week. We got folks meeting on Monday night. We got folks meeting on. Got anybody on Tuesday? Yeah, I got Tuesday. Got folks meeting on Wednesday. Got folks meeting on Thursday. Got folks meeting on Friday. I do too. I just wasn't going to say it because I. But the kids do meet. Yeah, every day of the week. That's what church was meant to be, right? Jesus 24-7. Dominique, pray for us. Ask God to help us be the kind of servants that he wants us to be. Hug somebody, whether you like it or not.